Welcome to the Don't HR Alone podcast, your daily source for news and updates relevant to the HR profession. We bring you weekly interviews with HR leaders, CEOs, and small business owners, along with our daily updates. Each day, you can tune in for updates by following us on the social media of your choice. We post to LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook. You can also subscribe by going to don'thralone.com. And our show is on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, and Stitcher Radio, where you can subscribe as well. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Don't HR Alone number 54. Today, we're going to talk about medical privacy, uh, communicating medical conditions in the workforce, I-9s and H-1Bs, and a new Illinois discrimination law, Illinois discrimination law. So the first two are user-submitted questions. So the first question, communicating medical conditions, is the topic. I have an employee who recently told me she has a medical condition that is causing her to miss time from work. I don't want the employee's job to become jeopardized due to frequent absences, but I'm not sure how to convey her medical condition to the management team to ensure the employee doesn't get penalized. What should I do? Okay, so from this I'm going to assume that you're kind of a supervisor level employee uh, because you said you have an employee uh, and you're not sure what to tell management. Okay. All right. So your concern for your employee's frequent absence is very understandable, uh, but her medical condition is protected health information, and therefore you cannot share it with management. You must not share it with management. An employee's protected medical information may be revealed only to safety and first aid workers if necessary to treat the employee, the employee's supervisor only if the employee's disability requires restricted duties or a reasonable accommodation. That's, That's you government officials as required by law, and insurance companies for the purposes of workers' compensation claims. The ADA, the American with Disabilities Act, imposes strict rules for handling this information obtained through medical exams or inquiries or through the reasonable accommodation process. If reasonable accommodations are required, ensure the employee provides a medical cert in order to accommodate a leave under either FMLA or ADA. Furthermore, there are Health Insurance Portability and Accountability Act, HIPAA regulations that govern the disclosure of protected health information inside the company. Violating these guidelines could lead to fines and penalties for your company. In this case, the management team your bosses should only know information that is a business necessity. So, the fact that the employee is on leave and may miss some time for work because of a medical issue. The sharing of more detailed medical information could lead to grounds for a potential discrimination dispute. If management persists in wanting to know more about the leave, you may disclose the employee's leave is medical, but that's it. Additionally, seek guidance on HIPAA regulations and consider updating your policies to reflect guidelines around privacy in the workforce. Basically, your handbook should already address this. If it doesn't, ma'am, you need to take a look, you need to talk to HR and say, hey, it, hypothetically, I have an employee. She's got a medical issues. She's disclosed those to me. She's going to be going on medical leave. I've requested she provide a medical certification from her doctor saying these are the accommodations I need and we're going to work through those. But the bottom line is, uh, assuming you're, you're the supervisor, um, you have to keep this information tightly held and upper management should only know that there is a medical reason for her leave, not what is going on. Um, HIPAA regulations are provided by the Department of Health and Human Services, and it's on their website if you want to take a look over them. They have some really good guides on there. On our blog is a link to that if you want to check it out. I hope this is kind of helpful. I have to be kind of broad because I don't know the exact situation, but the long and short is you're the supervisor. You're the one who's supposed to figure out how to accommodate it. If you can't, by discussing it with her uh, and telling your bosses that it's uh, management, you need to refer it over to HR to let them kind of work at it and give you advice. But in general... um, you don't you in, in in specific you don't tell anybody what what the actual condition is that's almost definitely the case 
Okay, second question uh, is about I-9 forms for H-1B employers. So as an H-1B employer, this person asks, how long should I store and maintain I-9 forms? What information must I make available for public access? I-9 forms and H-1B documents often create a lot of questions for employers uh, regarding storage and public access. You are so not alone in asking this question. You must retain I-9 forms and any photocopies of presented documents for each employee hired after November 6, 1986. Store the forms and any photo photocopies separately from employee personnel files in a manner that allows you to easily access, sort, and present them to U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement (ICE) within 72 hours if requested. So it doesn't need; to, it should not be part of your personnel files. You should just have them in their own. Uh, you, you keep a copy of the supporting docs and the forms themselves. Uh, when employment ends for any employee, you must retain the I-9 forms and photocopies for either three years from the employee's hire date or one year from the employee's termination date, whichever is longer. Calculate the Form I-9 document destruction date when employees terminate employment. As a best practice, periodically review your I-9 forms and destroy uh, any documents that can be eliminated. So uh, part of your offboarding procedure should be to mark when you should uh, trash those or obviously destroy them, Not don't stick them in the trash. Now when it comes to H-1B documents, which by the way, for those of you who don't know, is, a, is an immigration visa and it's a it's a, a relatively complex process and requires public access to them. So that's why it gets really hard because it's not just ICE or DOL that could ask for them, it's um, anyone. So these additional requirements um, have to be accessible should anyone from the public request access. You are not able, you are not required to provide copies of documents to the public, but you must make, so the actual like, you know, their identification documents, you don't have to provide to the public, but you must make the following materials available for public access within one working day of filing the labor condition application, which is a uh, form ETA 9035 or 9035E, depending on your situation with the Department of Labor. You need to have in a file the LCA itself, the labor condition application, rate of pay for the H-1B version uh, worker, description or summary of the actual wage system that you use to determine that, prevailing wage rate and its source if it's a federal contractor, documentation that the notice requirement was satisfied, summary of benefits offered to, a U to the U.S. workers and H-1B workers, lists of entitled uh, entities included as the single employer if you're part of a multi-employer uh, organization and in the event of a corporate change you need a sworn or notarized statement by a successor entity accepting all liabilities list of h1b workers transferred to the successor entity each affected lca number and effective date a description of the successor's entity's actual wage system and the successor entity's employer id number so that should all be in a file um, most of that will be the same for everybody. The only thing you really have to keep separate is the LCA itself and the rate of pay for the H-1B uh, worker, the actual person you brought on. The H-1B information does not generally include the employer's name and other employees do not, employees of your company do not have the right to know who is receiving sponsorship, which is why employees' names are also redacted from the documents. The Department of Labor's H-1B fact sheet provides a ton of additional information, um, so you can check it out at the DOL's website. There's also a public access file uh, that can be found uh, at law.cornell.edu with a long website. It's right there on our blog with a hyperlink if you want to click on it. Gives you that um, gives you an example public access file. Super useful. All right, last update for the day. Uh, this is not a question. This is just kind of new law. Illinois has expanded its Illinois has expanded its workplace protection for sincerely held religious practices. Governor Bruce Rohner has signed a, a law providing that it is a civil rights violation for an employer to impose as a condition of obtaining or retaining employment 
any term or condition that requires a person to violate or forego a sincerely held practice of his or her religion. This includes the wearing of any attire, clothing, or facial hair in accordance with the requirements of a religion. Dress codes and grooming policies that include restrictions related to the maintenance of workplace safety or food sanitation are not prohibited. So if you're in construction, uh, you know, and a beard could, or, or manufacturing and a beard could get caught in a machine, that'd be a problem. Uh, the clothing, you know, you got to wear closed toed, uh, you know, uh, uh, hard hats and, and hard, uh, uh, oh gosh, steel toed boots, that kind of stuff. Safety, totally okay. You're in food prep and you, you know, you can't have a large beard because you're worried about that or how you dress could, you know, I don't know, you got long sleeves that hang really low and maybe that pulls through the sauce. I don't know. But those those things are reasonable or are allowed under the law. However, um, if you say, for example, uh, run a, I don't know, insurance or payroll company, just saying, and you want to hire somebody and they uh, come to work the next day uh, in a uh, in religious attire, right? Or uh, you have a grooming policy that doesn't allow beards uh, for your salespeople, those kind of things. If it's a religious belief, you are that is now civil rights uh, discrimination to, to say that, hey, uh, in order to sell our insurance product or payroll product or work in our payroll office, a professional office, your nonprofit, whatever it is that you do, educational institutions, if it's a sincerely held religious beliefs, that cannot be grounds for retaining or obtaining the employment. So uh, update your people, update your policies and your handbook and send a memo out, uh, you know, letting your uh, hiring managers know that if they are not already uh, up to date on it. Uh, that new religious discrimination provisions were enacted as an amendment to the Illinois ha uh, Human Rights Act. Uh, it's PA 100S1697, and it is enacted and effective August 11th, so six days ago. Get on it. Get your stuff updated. Ladies and gentlemen, that is it for Don't HR Alone number 54. We've covered information about communicating medical conditions, I-9s and H-1Bs, and a new Illinois discrimination law. Hope this has been helpful. Hope it's been a good update for you. Uh, go out there. Have a wonderful day, and get your work done.